Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater, and I'm joined today by co-host Pamela Stokes-Eggleston, and we are delighted to bring you two very interesting stories today. We have one that we've titled, From Street to Military to Hollywood, featuring our good friend Jeff Powell, U.S. Navy retired. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning to you. And Lawanda Holloman, retired colonel in the Army, who has a very unique perspective on corporate protocol and logistics, as well as an etiquette protocol to help integrate women veterans into their new positions and to really handle things better, as well as a corporate international uh, focus. We'll get to more of that later on. Welcome to you, Luanda. Good morning. Delighted to have you both with us. I think everyone has a story to tell. And your two are, are particularly interesting. So, Jeff, we'll start with you. It's intriguing twists, and take it away. You're an author, a serial entrepreneur, and you grew to help your fellow veterans in ways that are really myriad. So please start with your story, if you will. Well, my story started back when I was um, real young, uh, sometime, I guess, around nine years old. Oh, even before that, uh, my father and and other family members was um, served in the military and went to Vietnam and so on and so forth and um, when they came home um, the life of their stories were um, they wasn't treated right so um, from that point on I uh, I wanted to reach out and do something then but of course being that young I couldn't do anything so that stuck with me for a long time and um, as I got older uh, of course my around my Around nine years old, my father was killed and murdered, and I went through another trial and step and a uh, horrible experience then. Mm. And um, I continued that path and in, in believing in, uh, in supporting the men and women. Um, but I was confused then. I lost my father. Uh, I didn't know which way to go, uh, and family seemed to be broken. Um, but later on in life, I continued to move on. I went to school and some college and some tech schools and and um, I found up, finally ended up in the, in the military at an older age and um, went through some experiences there. And um, as I was coming out, um, my CEO then asked me to continue to support the men and women. And I, I agreed then. And uh, here I am with a, a number of hobbies that I continue to work on each and every day. And I'm looking forward to uh, expanding those hobbies to reach the military and the veteran community and showing them how to create their own niche or hobby. Um, I I think that what you do is far more than a hobby. And (laughs) you you glossed over the fact that your father was murdered at a very young age, but that Mm -hmm. had to have made a huge impression on you. You had told me when we spoke about an interesting incident that really, I think, exemplifies why you're able to help with such a servant heart these days. Would you share with our listeners about meeting the man who murdered your father years later? Yes, well, 
Um, at the age, as, as I mentioned, I was hurt. And, and um, at the age of nine, I was really hurt. And I grew up really bitter, um, kind of lost in life. And uh, from the age of nine to the age of 18, uh, I just thought about, you know, what would happen if I hit my father there and I wanted to retaliate and so on and so forth. And so at the age of 18, uh, this guy um, who murdered my father got out of prison and he moved into the neighborhood I stayed in. Mm. And um, it was one snowy day and uh, I happened to be looking out the window. Matter of fact, he was a couple of moved a couple of doors over from me. And one snowy day, um, I happened to be looking out the window and this guy and his wife, newborn, was kind of locked himself out of, out of the apartment, locked the keys in the car. And I was, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was touched to just go help. And so uh, I went out to help and I locked this car door. And uh, a very unique thing happened right after I locked the car door and gave him the keys. His tire went flat as well. So I said, sir, I'll change your tire too. Um, so... That from that point on, it really changed my life. It took away a whole lot of bitterness, and um, I'll start moving forward from there. Uh, it did wasn't you easy. Did you tell the man that he was the man? Did you acknowledge we, who you were? I did not. I didn't. I just, wow. Uh, done what I did to help the guy and his family, and uh, left it alone. And from that day on, I um, I feel comfortable and forgiven. Uh, mm-hmm. It was more say I forgave him and uh, just move forward in life. I it's think a, that that's a powerful, powerful testament to forgiveness. I do I too. That that's amazing, and I think that so often in our work, Linda, um, and just with veterans in general, a lot of times we, you know, forgiveness starts with yourself. I think, mm-hmm. you know, just to get past that, and, and you don't want to, and because you don't want to fester in the you know, in that shadow. And I think it's really important. I, that story is really compelling. I, I think you just did it because he didn't have to know it was you. You just did it because he needed to do it. And mm-hmm. wow, that that's amazing. Right. That's well, it's, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, go, go right ahead. Man. Well, no, I, I agree with Pam completely. And I, that's why I wanted you to mention it because I, when you have helped someone and you've moved from the bitter to the better stage, it allowed you to move on into the military where I think you found family that perhaps you had missed out on mm-hmm. during the time that you were going through that nine years old to 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned to me that that camaraderie was very, very important to you. Would right. you say that's why you began to work with veterans again to keep the camaraderie? I believe so. Also, I believe it's a bigger part. Um, and I may not even know it now, um, but it was a stepping stone in moving forward in life. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it's even today, it really still changed me because I, I, I think about it um, often um, now, now so more than then. Um, and it really helped me and, and helped, you know, help the people around me as well. And once I did it, um, a lot of people didn't agree upon what I did. And, I, I you know, it was really rough for me in the family. Um, but. Um, I was free from from a whole host of things, and so uh, to this very day, it, it continues to grow. I continue to grow from that experience, so I'm very grateful um, that I've done that. That's tremendous. As you worked forward into the military, what were some of the things that 
struck you that you now are, are working toward and with? Some of the things in the military that I picked up were um, seeing uh, my shipmates, um, some of their stories and life stories and some of the things that they, was going, they were going through. And um, they were compelling. And, and that, those stories changed my life. If someone came from a broken home or if someone um, had a uh, hardship in their life or their family's life, those are the things that I picked up. Um, and doing so, I pretty much just took self notes um, and just remembered the people I, I uh, came across and um, start thinking ahead of time and said, you know, uh, what if or if I could. And well, if I could, came true and said, so I'm at this point to being able to do the things that um, I thought about then. And so um, uh, reaching out and helping the veteran community or the military with um, some wonderful ideas and concepts that will help them better themselves and their family and pretty much their community. Fantastic. How did you start to write? Well, um, by accident. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good Uh, way to start. So I started to write in this journal and and, um, just writing down notes and taking daily journals and um, just putting my thoughts and ideas on paper. Um, And I had a cousin who um, said, hey, some of this stuff is really, really good. Your story and and your compassion and things that you want to do and you need to write. And so um, I continued on and and start building the skills and some skills anyway and and move forward. And and the things that I couldn't do, I started hiring really professionals who can really put my stories together. And so um, until this day, I still, you know, I continue to to build on my writing skills and and, and, um, they're Moving forward on that, I'm moving forward on that as well. So, I have a whole lot of writing and small books that I want to eventually get out piece by piece. But other than that, the writing is uh, pretty, uh, pretty exciting. And sometimes you get the writer's block, and you can't, re- you can't remember, you can't think, or you don't know what to say. And those are the times I, I call it break time and just sit it down and, and uh, wait to come back and go from there. So stories were your thing, but so was helping veterans. And then right. when the two came together, was that a smooth process or did it happen over time? I believe that was a smooth process given that um, from life experiences and some of the military experience, um, some of the material that I had um, beforehand, and I was able to uh, put it together. And uh, it was pretty smooth from that point on. Um, so now... So now that um, that I'm, you know, have all this information and, and data or whatever, um, I can kind of uh, just let it flow, pretty much. So, I love the title of your book. Can you explain that? Uh, well, first, tell with, our listeners what the title is. Uh, the co-authoring title or the the mil- uh, entrepreneur inside. Um, Either the co-authoring one. With, uh, Jack Canfield, but entre- entrepreneur inside is is a book to where. Um, individuals can find their find their their, their purpose within themselves, um, and it's basically um, a book to help individuals find their own niche, um, kind of keep them grounded and looking forward in life on some of the things that they that they look for on the outside. Um, mm-hmm. Everything you need is pretty much on the inside. Um, you don't really have to look on the outside. You just find your purpose, find the things that make you feel good, the things that you love, and go from there. Um, 
And Entrepreneur Inside is also a book that me and my partner is going to do um, the support of the, the Jack Canfield book, co-authoring that. It's just a chapter in his book. And his book is The Soul of Success. Uh, that's a wonderful overall book with other co-authors and, of course, Mr. Canfield. Um, and the Entrepreneur Inside, it goes into details and, and motivate individuals into going forward in life and not looking at so much of the problems that they experienced in the past. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. terrific. And we will talk about the soul of success and your others. We'll be right back after this break. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest in heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater with Pamela Stokes-Eggleston, and our guest Jeff Powell was talking about how the military affected him, and he began to write. And he came to the attention of Mr. Jack Canfield. And for those of you who don't know that name, Jack Canfield is the author of the Chicken Soup series. And uh, Jeff's writing came to his attention. So Jeff... uh, Yes, I'm getting mixed up with the Jeffs and the Jacks. Sorry about that. Um, 
Jeff, if you could please talk about some of the things that the veteran experience drew Jack Canfield to you and then where you went from that point on after you two connected. Okay. Well, I, I would like to start back in the military. If I okay. May. Um, once, when I, while I was in the military, of course, I mentioned all the things that um, I listened to, all the um, sellers that I listened to, mm-hmm. um, their stories. Um, but coming out of the military, um, I can remember in formation that my CO um, asked me to continue supporting the military. I being at that very point, um, I didn't really know what I was agreeing to, um, although I had um, a desire to continue to help. Um, but when I agreed to um, support the military and the veterans, um, that ride was really, really tough. Um, mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I continued on because I had that burning desire. And so um, once I started um, looking into the opportunities and speaking with the VA and other veterans and corporations, companies and organizations, um, I began to build, you know, my information list, my roller deck of individuals or, or data for whatever I want to write about. And so um, the desire became even bigger, um, clear. Sometimes it faded away, um, mm-hmm. but I continued to um, go at it each and every day because I knew, like I knew, like I knew that these guys and girls coming home, they would need someone uh, eventually to really stand in a corner. And although I was just one person, I wanted to do my very best in supporting. Um, and so as I began to put all this stuff together, um, I um, start reaching out to um, authors, gurus, um, uh, entrepreneurs. And I uh, was introduced to the Canfield family. And Mr. Canfield had a wonderful um wonderful program in motivation and speaking and and supporting people. And so from that point on, I would purchase some of the material, talk to some of his his associates or or members in his office. And I think it was back, and I I don't want to say think, um, it was back in 2009 um, when uh, the Canada office wanted me to kind of step out. I wasn't ready to really step out and write and do all the wonderful things that I have opportunity to do now, and so um, I, I said, "Well, you can uh, you can just just do it." I said, "Well, I, I really can't. I, I wasn't clear, <laughs> and so I didn't really want just I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to step out." But um, here, um, six seven years later, um, well, especially this year, I received a um, an email from the from the Canfield family and uh, DNA agency. Uh, and asking would I be a, would I would like to be a co-author in a Canfield book and I was like wow I was connected then and I didn't do it then and maybe I won't have the opportunity now or maybe they won't accept me now and so I said well you know what I'm going to fill out the application anyway and I um, fill out the application and sent my story over and immediately that office um, contacted me and said hey we like your story and so um from that point on, we was back and forth and editing the book and, and putting it all together. And, and um, of course, um, they said it would be a bestseller, and I think it's going to be a bestseller and the New York Times bestseller as well. So, of course, in receiving the bestseller, we go to Hollywood and do a Cully Award and uh, have a chance to meet other um, global authors and and uh, a wonderful time meeting Mr. Canfield, being the first time. And, and um 
some other um, individuals are going to be there who are promoting the, the, the Canfield family and the DNA agency who, uh, who are really promoting what I'm doing and other ag- other authors, excuse me. And so that's pretty much my story and, and the Canfield, um, meeting, uh, connecting with the Canfield um, organization as well as leading on to other uh, potential opportunities and being a co-author and other um, um, wonderful books to come. One of the things you talk about, though, is you had a burning desire. You had a passion. You had a dream. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing, no, I know, that that is the reason that there is success. Uh, The title of the book that you're writing the chapter in is Soul of Success, which is very interesting given his other books on Mm -hmm. chicken soup for the soul and those kinds of things. So. The passion that you feel is very integral to both that and the entrepreneurship part that you do. And you've also put together a number of peer support groups that help veterans as well. Continuing on with the entrepreneurship theme, mm-hmm. do you find that those are almost small business groups, mastermind groups, if you will, when you get together? I would say not business groups, but mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I continue to say they're my hobby because I just, you know, there's no revenue. Uh, I love doing what I do. Mm-hmm. I look forward to doing what I do each and every day. Um, it really motivates me. It, wrote, it motivates a number of people. And and I would consider it just a mastermind group because I can speak with individuals who, who are in um who may be stuck in life, who may have some sort of problem uh, and, and don't know, uh, can't understand. And and just talking with them about some of my life experiences or just talking with them about some of the steps that they may want to take and just putting things together and, and it brings clarity. Um, so I I believe it's, you know, just a mastermind group and helping fe- uh, my fellow veterans and uh, whoever we want to listen uh, uh, they want to listen. So I'm grateful in that. Uh, yes, I put together a whole number of things. And I, I'm just starting to realize it's a whole lot. Uh, but I'm grateful for the time and opportunity to be able to uh, reach out to the veteran community and share what I have so that it can bring some um, hope to other veterans in doing likewise um, for those who really um, who are able to um, look for things uh, like this employment or a hobby, as I mentioned. Um, and so that is pretty much my story. Um, and, uh, That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I think w- earlier, Jeff, you spoke to um, feeling free from sort of your childhood trauma and that when you did this um, selfish act of kindness, you felt free. And, you know, freedom is very powerful. And there's f- freedom in compassion, empathy, Mm-hmm. And also passion, which you're speaking to now. How, I mean, all of this stuff is informing your your current life and your current decisions. And it's kind of infusing how, how things are happening for you. What kind of, um, I guess, serendipities do you see um, blossoming for you, for you um, presently? Wow, so many different things are happening daily. Um, it's just, I just can't keep up with all of them. Um, <sighs> Uh, short term, I, I see some wonderful um, book opportunities unfolding. Long term, maybe some small speaking engagements and um, book signings. I um, tend to see, you know, some bigger things, but um, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to take those steps yet. I'm um, mm-hmm. sharing more messages with uh, the veteran community. And I 
you know, I just tend to take step by step. As it comes to me, as the inspired thoughts come to me, I act upon those um, and go from there. Um, I tend not to look too far out. And um, I just, you know, keep things as small and, and, and short and sweet as possible and, and let things just continue to grow and while watching and being grateful for those opportunities. So uh, uh, maybe down the road it can be lead to a, a lot of wonderful things and, and joint ventures and partnerships and so on and so forth. Um, but I'm not looking so far down the road that I miss, you know, the wonderful things that are happening now. Right. So you, know, you have worked with a number of peer organizations that you have started. So books for veterans, wow. running for veterans. Yes. Um, you in many ways reach out to the community very quietly and humbly mm-hmm. to involve them. And one of the things that we're often afraid of is losing our veterans into the community where they don't feel like they're part of things again. So these peer efforts that you put together, mm-hmm. though quiet and as um uh, humbly as you're putting it, mm-hmm. they are serving in the community to do that. And would you encourage other veterans to do the same? I would, I would encourage other veterans, but I would also like to encourage other communities and um, venturing out with, the, for, with their veteran friends. And so um, um, it's not only veterans um, who need to take the, the wheel and, and making a change, it's the, the public. And I think um, the public don't know a whole lot about veterans and the veterans feel the veterans feel lost in the community with a whole lot of people. Um, I think some of my uh, my uh, hobbies, as I say, uh, running for veterans in my community, it, I believe it brought about a bigger change to um, reach across that line and, and supporting one another. Books for veterans, of course, we know that um, the way times are now, the economy and books, the cost of books. Is opening up ideas so that um, corporations or individuals or colleges or tech schools, <clears throat> excuse me, can um, can go across that line and, and and meet the needs of the people who are trying to um, make it in life. So, yeah, perfect. I like, yeah. Um, I would like to spend. We have a little bit of time left before the break. So, mm-hmm. when do you go to Hollywood for the Quilly Awards? Um, Hollywood is September the twenty third. Um, that's going to be a very, very big event. Um, a lot of people from all around the world is going to be there. Um, state, probably state officials, um, entrepreneurs, uh, authors, actors, maybe. Uh, but be a <laughs> Good networking <laughs> events. Yes, yes. It's wonderful networking events. Um, and the uh, information that I receive, is, I believe it's going to be bigger than that. Of course, Hollywood is always um, buzzing with a lot of excitement. So, I just know that uh, this award this ceremony is going to be very big and wonderful and giving each author the opportunity to share and, and express their story and, and network. I think it's terrific. <laughs> and I, I think the, the story from when you were nine years old until now <clears throat> has <throat> been one that could be very, very inspiring to others. So thank you so much for sharing Great. what is a personal story and now a personal drive towards success. We wish you every success in Hollywood. And we're going on break now. This is Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages.
Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're now going to talk with Luanda Holloman, a retired Army colonel. And she has such an interesting viewpoint on the needs of women veterans and what their challenges are right now. And the way she is also able to apply very unusual certification as an international corporate etiquette and protocol specialist. And we'll hear more from her now. Luanda, welcome. And I would love to hear your story. Awesome. Thank you, Linda. Um, thank you for what you're doing for the veteran communities. Um, we certainly appreciate that and all of your work. Thank you. Uh, just enough. a little, yeah, just a little bit about me. I am a 26 year retired military professional and I did retire as a colonel. And, and uh, I'm excited about the things that I've learned and um, I'm Super excited to be able to talk specifically as a woman veteran who's walked this walk and mm-hmm. who's had to transition into um, civilian life. I'm a single parent of two amazing daughters, Elizabeth mm-hmm. and Rebecca. Mm. Um, they're in the teen years, so I have my work cut out for me still there. I am employed <laughs> with a. <laughs> did you do you use your your etiquette training on them? <laughs> Uh, absolutely, they 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 uh, they don't like being the test projects. But I, I tell you, if you've if you've had children, nieces, nephews, anybody that's in those teen years, you will learn a lot. Been there, done that. <laughs> so um, currently, I'm employed full time um, with an insurance company, and I'm the founder and owner of Everything Etiquette and You as an international. Specialist helping managers, leaders, and veterans connect so that together they can achieve more and increase positive results. Lovely. I mean, that is so needed at this point. I am a big believer that communication often blocks progress. And if we can communicate, especially with different cultures and regions of the world, and in this case with women veterans transitioning back into the community, 
you're in a sweet spot of knowing how to best manage and foment change there. Absolutely. Absolutely, Linda. And you are spot on. Um, Based on my military experience and my interactions as I've traveled around the world with others in different countries and just not only in different countries, but even within the United States itself, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there are unique cultures out there. And so I've found a way to help others bridge the gap and how we communicate with each other by using etiquette as a means to do that. Oftentimes when we hear the word etiquette, people think, uh, how do I um, dine properly? You know, which fork am I going to Mm -hmm. use? Uh, But really when we pull back the onion and we look at it, etiquette is simply the art of how we interact with others. And there's no one size that fits all. Very true. I, I I was that person that thought, okay, where's the fork? Where's the, okay, <laughs> work from the outside and work from because I remember as as a little girl going to those little classes, Luanda, mm-hmm. where <laughs> you know you learn how to do, you know uh, have the place setting and that kind of thing and 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 just how you're dressed and wearing gloves and all that stuff. So I I was thinking that, but I do like your description of how it's an art. Of, of interaction and communication um, because that's broader and that doesn't sound so, um, for lack of a, a PC way of saying this, kind of bougie and like unattainable, you know, for people. I think, um, you know, that the, your outlook and the, what you're doing is, is really broad and, and even though it's this distinctive niche, it's really, it's really, um, it's really something wonderful, I think. Absolutely. You know, and I think that oftentimes these days we've become a very casual country. I I noticed you mentioned in this country as well that you are teaching and uh, training people. We have become so casual that we perhaps have put aside some of the etiquette, the social mores, or the ways of doing things that were, quote, of an earlier era. There was a lot of good to that civility and listening and communication that we once learned. Everything is in sound bites now. How do you find that you're able to make those points known, especially if you're dealing with other cultures or regions? Absolutely. Good question. Um, one of the ways in which I bridge those gaps is by meeting people right where they are. And mm-hmm. oftentimes when we are talking about etiquette and we dis- demystify what that term really means, um, then we can begin to better understand each other. So we start off with something that's common to both groups or both parties who are trying to make a connection with mm-hmm. each other. Um, And once we do that, then you'll find that communication will flourish. And there's some very simple and basic skills that are involved in communicating with others using etiquette. The, The first thing is just respect, having respect for the differences and the cultures of others and people who are just not like you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a hard thing for someone to sometimes wrap their minds around. And it's interesting that you use the term civility because at the heart of etiquette is civil behavior. Mm-hmm. And civility simply is our ability to maintain our own beliefs, our own thoughts, without causing harm to the belief systems and the thoughts of others. 
So we can still be uniquely who we are without degrading others in the process. That is a skill that is in great need today. Absolutely. And so when we, when, when, how does that apply to the women veterans Mm -hmm. and, and, and the things that are happening with them? Um, as a woman veteran, I, I, I completely get that when we break traditional roles, we're looked at differently. We don't necessarily fit into the gender norms that our culture accepts and understands. <laughs> and so it makes us feel isolated. Sure. <laughs> and so as military women, we have some very unique challenges. I mean, there are so many things that impact um, military women, our views about how we take on these non-traditional roles, work like work. My tongue is getting twisted here, but work life balance concerns. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, the reintegration back into our society, into Mm -hmm. our families, communities, and our work routines. And so that could be problematic for um, a lot of women veterans. You know, as you go back into work, you're you're talking about role changes that are are really quite foreign to some in the corporate world. And as you're helping women veterans reintegrate in, taking into account all of the various pieces of the culture that are different from the military culture to the civilian culture, what do you find are some of the top things that you are really helping to coach among women veterans as they enter the corporate world and the workplace? Yes. So some of the things that I help them cope with and and help them understand is, number one, finding their voice. Mm -hmm. And being able to use that voice in a way that it contributes to the overall goals of the corporation or the organization in which they're seeking to either find employment or work with. Um, The other thing that I do is once they've found that voice, I help them because when you're a veteran and you've been out in a high impact, uh, uh, high energy field environment where you're constantly on the go, you're constantly leading, you're having to make decisions on the spot, and then you come back and you're not in that position of leadership anymore. Mm -hmm. That is a huge transition. And so um, rather than not leveraging and utilizing those good attributes that you bring from the military that might not be readily accepted in your corporate environment, I help them connect those attributes in a way that adds value to that organization. Do you find that the women veterans are receptive to what you're telling them or that there is a period of adjustment where they're not sure they want to acquiesce to a new set of protocols? What I'm finding is that habits take time to break. And so while it's very interesting to them, what happens as we begin to discuss things is there's a level of respect for the fact that I completely get where they are. Mm. 
I've been there. I've walked that walk. I can talk their language and I can take that language and show them how what they've done in the military is an asset when it's used in this way in corporate America. So in essence, what I do is I help bridge the gap of where they are to where they want to be. And so as they begin to then wrestle with those thoughts about how I need to make some changes in my life, uh, they feel more empowered to do that without losing all of those attributes that serve them well in the military. Makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And so as they come to you and you're working with them, do you find that they are then helping their other fellow veterans, that there is a pass it on kind of concept so that this smaller group, the smaller cohort of the military, that they are indeed able to mentor and help others. So you're building a a wider, broader network of those who are more informed and can help others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just the other day, um, a young lady who is deployed currently on Mm -hmm. active duty Mm -hmm. was expressing the concerns about being a single parent. And she's deployed and away from her child and helping her have that different perspective about what where she is right now and what she's doing and how that's strengthening her to be able to handle anything as she begins to transition out of the military in the future. And so um, had I not had an experience myself of being deployed, Mm -hmm. I couldn't help her see beyond her current circumstance. And so having that on-the-ground experience and that ability to currently relate to what they are going through is is an asset to uh, me for being able to connect with them. And then having worked in corporate America and currently working in corporate America gives me another sense of what skills that we possess are really um, strong assets in, in the civilian and corporate community. So I do feel like women are being able to see things a lot differently when they can trust the person who's delivering that information to them. Very powerful. I I think the saying is something like this, and I'll paraphrase it. You cannot change the circumstances, but you can change the perspective and your response to those circumstances. And it sounds to me as though that is exactly what you help them to do, to translate, reframe, and to respond accordingly. It's a valuable skill. And we'll talk more with Luanda about this after the break. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We'll be on break, and we'll be right back. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. 
Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're still here with Luanda Holloman, and we're learning more about international etiquette and protocol, but most of all, about communicating and getting beyond a divide in both culture and actions, and we're very intrigued by what you do, Luanda. I know you and Jeff bounce ideas off each other all the time, and that's how we have come to know the two of you. And what do you find is so helpful when peers help peers, Luanda? Oh, wow. That is um, a wonderful um, opportunity for all of us to grow when we can have someone who's not like us. He's man, I'm woman. We think differently. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> As you're on with three women, Jeff. Sorry about that. <laughs> And we actually process things differently. And so it's been wonderful. He's Navy. I'm Army. It's been wonderful to be able to have different perspectives um, from others. While at the same time, I have my ideas, uh, but what I've found is when we're able to connect on some things that are common to us, and we both have a heart for helping others move from where they are to where they want to be, and where they want to be is up to them, and they get to to decide that. And so, um, you know, Jeff and I have um, been masterminding masterminding with each other for about a year or so now just talking about our ideas and how we want to help others and how the struggles um, with different cultures and how you interact within the culture and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable um, just to help sharpen our own abilities to interact with people that we don't know and we don't understand so um 
it's been great. It's been a definite um, asset to me to have him be a part of my journey. Uh, He said something, just just to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Jeff said something earlier when he was talking. He said, you don't have to look a certain way on the outside. And and as an etiquette person, I'm thinking, well, you know, you want (laughs) to... You want to present yourself properly to the culture that you're dealing with so that you have an opportunity to get your words out. Because oftentimes when we don't look a certain way, people will begin to judge us. And we want to. Right. And stop the conversation in its tracks before it starts. Exactly. And so I I understand what he meant. I know he didn't mean that that way. But (laughs) but as that that etiquette person in me rises up, because etiquette is more than how we dine. Mm -hmm. It's about how we actually interact with others, particularly those with whom we don't quite understand. Well, Lawanda, my question to you, well, I have two questions now, because what happens with with um, a person who's coming into their own, who's coming into their passion, and you're working with that person, that women veteran, to, to um, you, you know, to perhaps work in the corporate arena or some other arena. What is the delicate balance of helping that person fit in with that environment so that they're not, so that they're judged less without them giving up themselves? Because so often, I think a lot of people, myself included, I, I used to work in corporate, and um, currently I work um, in the health and wellness arena with women veterans. And you know, what, what there's a delicate. I think there's a balance of you know how can I keep myself um, and be true to myself without completely giving over to this type of environment. So, so what would what would be your recommendations for kind of uh, keeping that um, ebb and flow, that balance there? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the primary things I would say is to do your research first before you go in there. Ask lots of questions. Know what company or corporation you're trying to uh, align yourself with. Mm -hmm. And then as you understand who you are at your very core, what your purpose is, what what you really want out of life, you want to assess whether or not this corporation aligns with your core values and the things that you hold near and dear to you. Okay, so that's that's the first thing you've got to be able to do. And oftentimes, in order to do that, there's a little introspection that has to occur. And we have to look within and see what is it we are really after? What are we trying to get out of this situation? And again, these things take time. There is no one size that fits all, and there's no quick fix because we've got to look inside to become clear about what it is we want out of life. And I believe you can have what you desire. You can have it. But if you have no desire, how do you know you've reached that desire? So you got to figure out what it is you want. And that's how you keep that balance, because realizing who you are and then what you bring to the table gives you that quiet assurance that I'm adding value here without offending their routine or disrupting their plan. But because what they do aligns so closely to what it is I want to live out in my life. 
I can see myself fitting in here. That's a that's a good point. I think a lot of times, though, and even sometimes in the, in the civilian community, Wanda, you ask somebody, "What's your? But what do you want to do? What's your passion? What are your dreams?" And people don't know. People really don't know. And I'm sure you you've had that um, experience with working with veterans. They come out there, you, you know, they retire, and they just don't know what what their next phase in life is. And and so when you said they have to really kind of know what that is, that's that's a huge beginning kind of step. Right. Uh, to discern before going forward, like what what do I what do I want to be when I grow up? Like what do I want to do now? That's really really the crux of 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 beginning any of this type of work. Absolutely, and 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 it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. But when you link up with people who's who've been through the experience, it can save you a lot of time yes. and a lot of learning curves by grabbing a hold of some of those things that will help you fast track into discovering. Okay, what is your specific purpose and what is it you want to accomplish, and then um, go from there. You know, you, you bring up such an interesting point. It's no secret that I'm a John C. Maxwell fan. And one of the things he talks about in terms of growth is that the best way to grow with others and communicate and form a connection is how can you add value to others? So in the case of a woman veteran perceiving what her role may be in a corporation, sometimes it's as simple as being able to voice the question as, what will you do? What would you like to do to add value to this corporation? Because Pam's right. There isn't often a lot of introspection, but perhaps viewing it as adding value, everyone understands that concept. And and yet, it's not always done. Um, oftentimes, people are focused on some very specific things that they have no control over. But you can always look at a situation, at least in my opinion, and figure out how you are able to add value to that situation. And it seems to me that that's what you're doing in coaching as you're talking to these women veterans. Absolutely. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. That is spot on um, because we all have um, something that we add. We just mm-hmm. have to figure out what we're adding and make sure that what we're adding is aligned with where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Uh, I, I, I find myself um, thinking that this service that you're offering is so incredibly needed and valued, especially among the women veterans, but among transitioning veterans of, of all types, really. And a, a larger footprint in this area, I think, would help a lot of vets with transition. And I know that you and Jeff have spoken about that extensively. As you work in helping uh, the women veterans move more closely in alignment with corporate ideals. Are you still continuing your work on the international front with corporations? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one of the things, we, we are in this global environment now with uh, the Internet and all the connectivity that we have. Um, we have to position ourselves to be able to interact with um, organizations around the globe. And so that's another thing that I so enjoy doing. I I can recall being 
in a country not knowing how to read the signs, not knowing <laughs> um, how to speak the language, but having to, um, number one, show respect and at least try to say certain words, learn certain phraseologies that would, you know, help me get my questions answered mm-hmm. uh, so that I could communicate um, with others uh, in different countries that I visit. And, uh, when people see you trying to respect their culture, then they're more willing to help you. It, so. you're, you're right. And, and yet I'm coming back to what you said at the beginning of the program when you said that there are even differences among regions of the United States. So what you do carries across all levels, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, always, um, it's always appropriate to approach others from the standpoint of what can I learn Mm. about you and how you're, you have an amazing story. And I think Jeff was talking about that um, story that everybody has a unique story. And I often tell the story when I'm talking to groups that no matter where I go around the world, there is no one with my fingerprints. (laughs) You know, coming from a top secret security clearance world, there's that's how we are identified by our fingerprints. And so no one has your assignment. No one has your mission. But you, it doesn't matter where you go around the world. And so with that in mind, I think about how everyone has a unique story to tell and they're uniquely interesting in their own way. And so when I approach people, I'm looking to learn something just as much as I'm willing to share something with them. I think that's fantastic. And I want to make certain that our listeners know where to find out more about both of you. Jeff may be reached at www.booksforveterans.com, and that's the number four. And Luanda may be reached at everythingetiquetteandyou.com. I think it's fantastic that You are both showing how you can add value to others to really make transition and life after the military, including helping to translate from the military to civilian lives and into civilian world in a wonderfully warm manner. And I really do appreciate the knowledge that you're passing on that etiquette is far more than simply Um, which fork to use. It is how we communicate and connect in this world. And connection is everything and communication matters. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back next week at 10 a.m. This is Military Network Radio. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your